June 26, 2020, Advice on Receiving Advice, subtitled Advisors and Members of the Board, Board spelled B-O-R-D, on John Sanders' Parables for Entrepreneurs podcast, and visit johnsanders.com for more episodes and articles. Good morning, John, and how are you today? I'm doing terrific, my friend. I'm looking out on the beach. Oh, my gosh. We still don't have sunlight, but we have a beautiful marine layer, as they call it out here. (laughs) Yesterday, my wife and I played golf in Vista, and it was sunny and five degrees warmer, and it was the clouds never left the the coast. Yeah. Well, we are in June. It's like June 26th, commonly known as June gloom, right? That's right. And they talk about it on the weather forecast, too. Yeah. Now, when does that typically leave us? uh, I I I don't think July has a name. I know it's yeah. May gray and June gloom. I don't think uh-huh. there's a July or an August. It's summertime. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, or, or or COVID time, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so COVID's <laughs> popping back up. Texas yeah, closed down their bars. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm staying put. That's I'm okay with that. Yeah. Go shopping once every two weeks. And if I need to go, I, I, I'm going to have to go out in the next couple of weeks for sure with the business. But uh, So what, what's, uh, what's, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about advice on receiving advice. And it actually refers back to an article I wrote 20, what's the date? 24 years ago. 24 years ago. I was just a kid then. I I was going to say, you were just a pup then, weren't you? (laughs) I was just turning 60. Can you believe that? 58 I was. I turned 82 in a a month or so. What's your birthday, John? Let everybody know. August 2nd. You're August 2nd? I'm the 19th. Well, that's our wedding anniversary. The 19th? And my mother-in-law's birthday. Oh, my gosh. Well, we are celebrating the month. Yeah. So August is a good month. And uh, we got got married in a small town in North Carolina where my wife grew up. And Uh her dad was a peach grower, a BMOC, big man on campus. And, uh, but not because he made money, but because he was so smart and generous and, uh, knowledgeable. He was a great man. He was. And, uh, uh, I'll tell you, I've got another interesting story since we're into the black lives matter mood these days. Yeah. When he had his farm, he, uh, hired a lot of black folks and he trained them. He said, you need to know how to come to work online on time. He knew how to do these things. And he set a lot of them up so they could go out and start their own business. And when later on, when they, my father-in-law had a stroke, he was 86 or 7. He was in a semi-invalid for eight years. We hired four of those people to take care of him around the clock, and they did it everything by themselves. I mean, we didn't have to advise them. They knew what to do. They took care of the in-laws. And it proves it, it. And I've got a couple other examples from my life. It, what goes around does, in fact, come around. And mm-hmm. when you do good things for people, they they come back at you. Well, and, it's uh, good to know. It's nice to know I'm on track. Well, it, <laughs> it, it never hurts. Mm-hmm. And it never hurts to do it out of love for humanity or just good, solid business sense. I oh, do John, good for like you, that. and you'll remember me at some point. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So, advice on receiving advice. I've been an advisor to people, been an advisor to my kids, thank goodness, been an advisor to corporations. I've been on boards of directors. I've been on boards of advisors. 
I've been on a trustee in a church, all kinds of things where you're giving advice. And then at separate, remember, giving advice is separate from making decisions. Take John Bolton today. He gave a lot of advice, but John Bolton never had to make a decision. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's a big difference in advising and deciding. So when you when I'm talking about advice on giving advice, my article on uh, my uh, on on my website under articles, I wrote that article for the Federal Lab Consortium, which was the group of federal lab employees whose job it was to sell tra technology transfer. This is back in the 1990s. Uh, and I try to differentiate, and also in corporations, and also for people, the difference between hiring advisors and making decisions. And advisors like to give advice. They don't like to make decisions, all right? So generally, advisors should give advice as if they're making decisions because they've got the, the person they're giving the advice to is going to have to make a conclusion on that, presumptively. Mm -hmm. On good advice. On, well, you get the best advice you can from the best people you can. So to set up an advisory board, let's say, for a corporation, and there's a mm -hmm. difference between a board of directors and an advisory board, just so what I was saying. An advisory board has no legal responsibility. A board of directors has absolute legal responsibility for managing the corporation. Sure, they hire the, the executives to do the day-to-day, -day, but fundamentally the direction of the corporation, uh, the, the, the strategic uh, uh, decisions, the hiring of executives, the determination of uh, stockholder relations, everything is done by the board of directors. So they have the ultimate responsibility. Interestingly enough, is the opportunity for an outsider or a stockholder to sue a member of the board of directors very, very limited. Because the major purpose of a corporation is to limit liability to the assets of the corporation. So generally, individuals are not responsible for that. Unless you do gross negligence. And you do that, you're in big trouble. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the advisory because if you're starting a corporation like you are having good advisors and good advice makes a lot of sense but ultimately you listen to it you stew with it and you make a decision so i wanted to talk about the, the advice on long-term strategy short-term tactics but advisors also serve for other purposes they can give you entrees to marketplaces have a knowledge of a particular industry or technical area, and sometimes just having a sounding board for presenting conflicting ideas or exploring some far out concepts can be extremely worthwhile. So, and also if you have a team of advisors, they can put a stamp of approval. So you go to promote something, here's your list of advisors. Not as important as your board of directors, but board of directors should be small because you have to get decisions done. You have a board of advisors. You can have 20 right. advisors. Who cares? All right? Get 20 yeah. pieces of advice. But when you want a decision make, you got you can't herd the cattle to get a decision out of advisors. So the goals of advisors. First of all, the person seeking advice needs to have their own set of goals. You start mm -hmm. with your goals. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. 
and you're bouncing that off of your advisors as to whether you have made a good decision, they've got suggestions, or they want you to divert a little bit to the northeast instead of straight up. And the, the other thing I say about advisors, get the best you can. Don't fool around mm-hmm. with namby-pambies. So, so the advisors, so you're saying the advisors are actually advising based on the, let's say, the owner's goals not and not their own. That is correct. All right. The, uh, the advisors have to give, because you're seeking advice, for instance, sort of what I just mentioned to you. If, yes. if podcasting is going to go video, we want to make sure that your company can enhance video and the name doesn't limit you. Thus, media. So that's that's the term media. Another point I bring up is expectations. Now, what are your what is a your your I'm going to say it a manage, but we can talk about an individual also. But in either case, you should have an expectation of what you expect out of your advisors, so that the advisors know, in effect, what their role is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come back to a good reason for that. So the results of advisors, First, the first result I say of an advisor is the desires that he wants his advice wanted. An advisor mm-hmm. wants to make sure you want my advice. If you don't want my advice, don't bother me, right? I've got a lot of other people I can give advice to, starting with my wife. Of course, she doesn't listen to it, but, but that's good <laughs> enough. So I don't care whether my advice is followed. I just want it considered. Mm-hmm. So... The advisor doesn't have a, a need to have the advice followed. It's a pleasure if the advice is followed and things work out for the good. So their, their main outcome is to be listened to. That's that, all. That is correct. Listened okay. to and considered. And considered, right. So the uh, advisory role should also be set at a level for which the results of the advice can be appreciated if one wants the best advice. Otherwise, this is the level of advice I'm seeking. I want you mm-hmm. to tell me, help me decide what we should do next year as our corporate goal. I mean, that's big. That's big, yeah. right? Because out of your goals come everything else follows because you're mm-hmm. always heading toward the goals. And if you're not heading toward the goals, you're doomed to failure because you're going to get hit by the winds and the waves like like driving a boat or flying an airplane, right? If you don't have your goal in mind, the winds are going to blow you or the waves are going to move you. Another thing I bring up is what's the compensation for an advisor? Hmm. If there's no compensation, there's really no commitment on either end. Your compensation indicates that you really appreciate the advisor and you expect to gain insights and and, and be ready to act on it. So mm-hmm. if you don't pay an advisor, guess what you get? Uh, you'll get what, what I do at the time. You're not important on my list. Now, how much money is compensation? Not enough that it bankrupts you and not enough that it changes that person's lifestyle. But it's a recognition that you appreciate the advice. The other thing that's important with advisor is that they've got the, enough, the right kind of and complete information in order to advise you correctly. Most companies treat advisors as sitting on the shelf over there, and when I need you, I'll call you, sort Mm -hmm. of thing. There's no Mm -hmm. commitment to having quarterly meetings. 
to having a, uh, all the full information, what's going on in the corporation, the P&L, the balance sheet, the uh, debts coming up, all these sorts of things that allows the advisor to put that in the same consideration as the management does. So my position has always been, I said this 20-some 20, 20 years ago, if you want a $2,000-a-day consultant, then either pay them $2,000 or figure out how to achieve some kind of level you can equate that to. Uh, psychic pleasure, all right? That's worth money, many times money, all right? You invite them to your home. You uh, bring them into the confident of the, hey, let me tell you what I'm really considering on, on something like this. And uh, so that the advisor feels like he's really needed and really respected and really desired. So that's what I'm saying. They want to, An advisor wants to feel that you are really appreciate the advice and you consider it in your decisions. The much money, more than just money, yeah, money and, to most people doesn't mean a lot. Right. And much more than just some formality. Right. But they want to be considered maybe a part of the team in a sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, without question. All right. You want to yeah. be a part. You want to be a part. Well, that ultimately you're a part of making the decision. Whether you make the decision or not, you're a part right. of making the decision. Right. The other thing I expect is is that you should just like you and I were just talking, set lofty goals. Mm -hmm. All right. You're never going to achieve more than you set out to achieve unless lightning strikes in the good side. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The 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 goals, but they also have to be realistic. So you want to be able to achieve them, but move them to the upper end of that of that uh, category. I can achieve. I can do this. We can do this. The local pizza shop shouldn't decide that they're going to do $10 million worth of business next year. They can't do it, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't get to 400000 right? Whatever yeah. the number is. So, so hang on. So if you're, if, you, if, you, if you're a pizza shop and you've got a lofty goal of $10 million and you get to 400000 that doesn't that doesn't mean failure at all. It just means that you have you have set yourself an expectation of very very high and that's what you're driving for which helps you get to 400,000. Yes Is and that... no. It also okay. means you tend to move your overhead to being a 10 million dollar company instead of a 400,000 dollar company. And that could kill you. That can kill you. Okay. So that's why all those things have to kind of fit into a pattern. It's not it's mm-hmm. not running a company. Com- running a company isn't simple. There's a mm-hmm. lot of factors that come in without getting mm-hmm. into employees and all the other stuff that come with that. So the advisor should also be at a level where they can understand your company. So they need to have some technical know-how. They need to have been mm-hmm. involved with companies roughly your size before. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. understand the difference between running General Motors and running heard, not seen media. Got it. So would you consider somebody like Jessica to be, uh, in a sense, an advisor? I mean, some of, you know, we, we've talked about that because she's much more than a bookkeeper. First thing I did when I got involved with Jessica, she came to me through Elaine Swan, who has mm-hmm. uh, the Elaine Swan School of Protocol and Eth- Etiquette. Oh, what yeah. a winner she's going to be. And uh, so she was doing uh, Elaine's books. So I got to talking to her. And her name of her company was Big Picture Bookkeeping. I said, Jessica, you want to be a bookkeeper all your life? No, not really. I said, well, let's change the name of the corporation. Let's set some loftier goals. 
So I said, uh, how about big picture solutions? Oh, I like that. So that was already taken. So I went to Google and I put in solutions to see what kind of synonyms come up with it. So out of a list Smart. of eight or ten synonyms, we picked results. So the name yep. of her company is now Big Picture Results. And we're off doing advisory services, not only for her, but like with having me aboard and certain others that we can bring in a team if necessary or pull together an advisory weekend or whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think Jessica has big goals. I like her. Mm -hmm. She is driven. But got her degrees, got her MBA. Uh, she's done well. She's making money. I love people that are making money. And because uh, then we could focus on strategy. If we're not making money, we got to focus on making money. And making yeah. money is just drudgery, right? Yeah. Once Strategy you're making money, then you've reached a certain level and it's easier to make more money. Mm -hmm. It's like entrepreneurs. You know, once an entrepreneur has built something, they're always an entrepreneur. They never get out of it. They're always, I was just reviewing on LinkedIn. I got a whole bunch of references from people that I'd done business with years before. And then they come in and they're all doing something else right they never quit they've sold this they're now running that they're doing this and so um uh that's why i love dealing with entrepreneurs the yeah. you know in my book i finished the last chapter the testing never ends we're always yes. under test if you're yes. not under test yeah. you lose your you lose your drive right? yeah and uh, but i see in jessica that kind of stuff but she's also very down to earth and doesn't want to spend a lot of money just to get things done she hasn't reached that point yet where she's got needs the country club uh atmosphere and so forth so uh, but she's she's a good advisor because she's advising management she's advising mm -hmm. them on techniques and tactics not strategies now mm -hmm. that doesn't mean she doesn't think about strategies but her job is bookkeeping and results and make sure you've got the tools in order to make decisions. You don't have good books, you can't run a company. So I like books done for management so you can understand what's happening in the company. Not done for some isolated investor out there who's got his own idea as to what things ought to be done. So that's why I like her. I think she's dynamic. I do too. I do too. In fact, you know how I met Elaine Swan? No. I met Elaine Swan because at a startup grind that Alex yeah. was doing, I think yep. it was at Dave and Buster's. That, oh, uh, yes, I was there. And Elaine was, was a featured speaker. Yep. And she's sitting up there talking about her company and about her history and everything. And I'm sitting there saying, this woman is fantastic. I said, I want to invest in her. That's what you look for. You look for people you want to put your money into. So when the, when the Q&A came, Oh, toward the end of the Q&A, I popped up and I said, do you have any outside investors in your company? She said, no. I said, have you considered it? Not really, she said. I said, well, let's talk afterwards. So yeah. uh, uh, the, but, but that's how I got to her. So it's interesting. This, this train chain in Carlsbad has been fantastic. I know. I know. You're going to own it soon. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I'll own a piece of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So actually, okay, so we covered that in the terms of the compensation and lofty goals and stuff. And there's something else you wanted to talk about as well today? Well, I was going to talk about a board of, the board of directors for a company. So we have people listening that are running a company or considering it. Yep, yep. And, 
And, you know, my position on companies, when you organize, and everybody that does organizations for, especially lawyers, they like uh -huh. doing LLCs, limited yeah. liability companies, corporate. These are not that old, by the way. You know, you had partnerships that go back thousands, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But partnerships always had liability attached to being a partner. Mm -hmm. You're a partner. You can be sued because there's no limit on the liability. Of course, anybody can be sued. The question is whether yeah. it could be successful. Successful. So I think this is probably 20 years or so. The, the states came up with this concept of, of LLC, limited liability corporations. It's run like a partnership. Everything's the same as in a partnership. You know, you got to get the certain number of partners to agree. Uh, the taxes flow through. The profits flow through to the individual partners based on the mm -hmm. ratio of ownership. You pay your taxes. It's like a sub-S corporation as far as how the accounting is handled. But you're a partnership in the sense that um, that uh, you operate on the fact that you've got to consult, consult with people before you make strategic decisions. So, so um, I forgot my point, but oh, the lawyers love partnerships. They themselves are limited partners. You know why? Because they think all law firms should be partnerships. But the limited liability partnership or the LLC uh, makes that much more attractive. So, generally, they advise small corporations to operate as, as a, organize as an LLC. And the reason is because then the profits flow through mainly because the losses flow through. So you can get losses right. and have capital gains otherwise. My position is that, uh, that if we're building a corporation to grow and not just be mm -hmm. static and pay out mm -hmm. to shareholders, but we're really mm -hmm. trying to build something big and meaningful, that to be a, a, a chapter, a C corporation, you know, I forgot just exactly, but C corporation is a standard corporation, the same thing that General Motors and the big corporations are. It's what people invest in normally. It's what is out in uh, the, the world as a over-the-counter. Any securities have to be C corporations. And that is the reason that you have a board of directors, you have stockholders, and the stockholders only vote for the board of directors or any major thing like enhanced uh, uh, option plans, mergers, these sort of stuff. It's much like in the United States, where, thank goodness, we don't have a true democracy. Wouldn't you like it if the, if the people had to vote on everything? My God, we yeah. we we have we have representatives and senators. They're supposed to yeah. make the decree decisions, and the president makes the operating decisions. But thank goodness, of course, California was heading that way. They got all these propositions where they did stuff. They kind of quit those things now. They went through that attitude. So you hire good people and let them run. Yeah. And, but what you want in a board of directors, so in a C corporation, you have a board of directors that manages, that does the, the strategy, and the management operates the company. So what is a board of directors? It's like an advisory board in the sense that most of the time they're giving advice. Every once in a while, mm -hmm. they get to make a decision when it's a key, key strategic factor in the corporation. And, uh, but you want people that can be, you don't want a big board of directors. You don't want 20 people on a board of directors. I mean, chambers of commerce do that and other stuff because they want to get more people involved and they want, want their money and they want their support not to make decisions. By the way, I've never, I've never liked being on a nonprofit corporation 
board of advisors or board of directors. I would be an advisor, but not a board of directors. And the reason is, there's no clear goal. And everybody that's on there is on there for a different reason. Yes. I want to meet with yeah. the other people. I want my name out there. I want to be associated with this. Uh, I want to build it. I'll do good. But everybody else has got a little different take on where they think it ought to go. Yeah. In a, in a C corporation, the board of directors, everybody's at the same mind. We want to enhance the value of the company and ultimately sell it. You got to raise more money, but sooner or later, I want to sell my shares and make a carload of money. So they're yeah. all in it for the same reason. So the board of directors should be a small group, three people, five people. It doesn't need to be more than that because right? mm -hmm. their job mm -hmm. is to manage the strategy of the company. Mm -hmm. You can hire a board of advisors. You can hire advisors. You can, uh, you, you can do other things. But you don't want a big board of directors because you've got to get, if you want decisions made, you've got to get them together. And you, you can't mm -hmm. get heard 15 people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in an awesome. early corporation, the board of directors, the initial ones, are really there for a desire to help the company. So the outside investors, especially if they are an outside directors, especially if they're an investor, I make this point. If, if a, a, a uh, I don't care how big the person is, how busy they are. If they've got $5,000 in your company and you call, they answer the call. There's a commitment. Yeah. I put money in it. I want to see that money yep. grow. The scorecard is how well that investment does. And I want to make sure my scorecard is the best I can help make it. So they want to be a part of a winning combination. And they want to say, boy, I was there at the beginning. What a thrill. Take that scorecard yeah, to the bank. Exactly. Take it to your neighbor who didn't like the deal. Etc. And then you have to make a commitment to that board, the same way you would to advisors. We're going to have regular meetings. I'm going to consider them important. I will send you this stuff in advance. There will be no surprises. The last thing a director wants, or an advisor, is to get to a meeting and the management comes in and says, Boy, have I got a surprise for you. We really had a good quarter. We made a lot of money. And you didn't let me know in advance that we were doing well? You know, when, when, do I, when am I going to get, whoa, what a terrible quarter we had, <laughs> right? Because you're going to have yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So you yeah. have to confide with them along the way. This, they're your confidence. And so you mm -hmm. have to keep in touch. You should send out regular communications. You don't need to send daily or weekly, but certainly regular. And certainly if there's a decision coming up, give them the mm -hmm. information in advance to help make the decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like monthly meetings of directors. You know why? Mm. Why not weekly? Why not daily? All right. There's, you're really interested in strategies, and strategies don't change that maybe much monthly because monthly meetings tend to be more like an extension of the Friday afternoon uh, bullshit session. That's been my experience, too. Quarterly, is a, it's a good number, all right, because you tend to round things up quarterly. You tend to have kind of draw conclusions. Your bookkeeping is done. These things, mm -hmm. it's kind of a good point to stop and say, all right, What's next? What do we need to decide? How are we doing? Where are we going? It also supports the long goal, long-term goal. Because if you're, if from my perspective, if you're working on a quarterly basis and trying to get someplace at the end of by the end of the quarter, it kind of supports the mentality of growing a business, a two-year, five-year, ten-year kind of a plan. Yeah, well, quarterly you know, when is I, uh, quarter, when I have when I tell people to give me a give me a uh, projections. 
financial projections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want are monthly projections. Because you know why? At the end of the first month, you're already wrong. Yeah. All right. Why be wrong so quickly? All right. <laughs> Even if you're wrong to the good side, you're wrong. So your projections yeah. aren't that good. Quarterly gives you room to, to be wrong. Yearly. So I like, if you're going, I'd like two years of quarterly projections just to see how you're thinking. Not that you really know what you're doing. But it says, mm-hmm. this is how I'm thinking. This is how I see overhead operating. This is how I see profits coming in. This is how I see our direction. And then certainly after two years, yearly. You can't see beyond two years. But let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's see how mm-hmm. we're going to get to $10 million, right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts about getting there? So, but I would certainly have board of directors initially to be investors in the company. They want to be on the board. You want them on the board. They should be invested. They don't have to have a lot of money, just enough mm-hmm. that it, they consider it important. So, I, you know, in, in my initial investors in a company, I call should be at their impulse level, kind of like I take a trip. I spend the, I go to take, go to Vegas. I'm allocating five G's to go to Vegas. That's the sort of attitude to do an investment. That person may do $20,000 to Vegas. All right, then your impulse level is 20000 Unfortunately, you don't have to spend a lot of money on cruises these days. They've shut the cruise lines down again, or the cruise lines have oh, shut yeah. themselves down. So you can take the money you were going to spend on a cruise and make an investment in a small company. Much better deal. Yeah. Because he tend- so, John, I- huh? the, the investments in small companies tend to be, that's why I call myself a hobby investor. All right, I put impulse money in there. This is the money, it's a hobby. And actually, they, they don't realize it, but so-called angel investors, they're really hobby investors also. They've got an impulse mm. level in which they would do like they would take a big trip or buy a new car or something else like that. Uh-huh. So, John, can I bring, some, can I bring up a question sure. here? It, what's your vision or what are your thoughts on what is commonly called um, a mission statement and a vision statement for the company. How does that play into the financial picture or let's just say the long-term goals for the the company? I keep coming back. Your long-term goal is what drives the company. Everything everything flows down from it. And if you can put it into 10 words for a mission statement, so much the better. If your yep. mission statement is 400 words, you got a problem. Right. You're all over yeah. the map. Well, I know that. All right? You're all over the map. Yeah. If you can put it in 10 or 15 words, so be it. Good for you. For instance, we did that at the Chamber of Commerce and the Technology Advisory Committee. They had a long mission right. statement. And when Teresa Costa became chairman and Alex, we decided to do a mission statement. And we put together, and I helped with it, a very simple mission statement to be in touch with technology that can be helpful to our members. Right, to advise chamber members. Yeah, very, very, very simple. Very simple. It's a very simple thing. I make one other. I, I make one other point. Now, meeting the last two paragraphs of my chapter in my book on members of the board, which I say B O R E D. You can't let them get bored. You got to keep them involved, right? <laughs> right. So you take advantage of each member's professional skills. If they're part of another company, they can provide resources to the company to help in a tight situation. There's a lot of things that come from people that have contacts and are doing things, and if and then they want to help. The key is they want to help. That's what they're there for. It's kind of like advisors. Yeah. I don't care whether you 
whether I have to decide or you need my advice, just listen to it. Right? Give me a give yeah. me my due. Then I made my last paragraph. I say hold surprises, both good and bad, to a minimum at meetings. If in fact there are real problems coming up or significant pluses, let the directors know in advance. Don't bring them to a meeting and then say, "Hey, have I got some good news for you?" They'll start waiting for the other shoe to drop. These meetings are not surprise meetings; they're working sessions. The planning should be done both at the inside and the outside. And thank God for the internet these days. This is so simple to keep investors, our our directors, our advisors involved and up to date. Send them an email. Send them an attachment with here's stuff of the week or here's stuff of the month. And um, uh, have fun. These are collegiate people that want to be involved and want to help and want to see success. And if they're also investors, they want that scorecard to go to the bank. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, John, but there's there's a lot of companies that actually use podcasting to communicate with uh, that, certain. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to do it. I mean, you know, a, a written something in an email or a you know a report in a PDF's fine, but so, uh, it, so it, it's always short, nice to hear the how voice. How short can a podcast be? So if you're going to uh, uh, give a weekly or a, a biweekly summary to investors, how much of their time do you want? There's yeah, there's yeah, exactly. There's just so you know, there's many podcasts out there that are five to seven minutes long. It's just you know, just real. In fact, I'm going to be releasing something on what has my attention, my podcast channel, on a weekly basis. That is a quick summary about some podcasts that have my attention. Mm. Just real short. Just hey, got five minutes. Here it is. Well, that's my advice on advising on, on advisors. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's a good one. It's a really great one. So what are you doing this weekend? Sunday night. I can't tell you. I'm going to an undisclosed location with my family for Father's Day dinner. You're a week late. Did you know that? I had another one last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) We're at my son's house. But um, uh, this was, and my daughter couldn't come. So this week, uh, my granddaughter couldn't come. But we're going actually going up and meeting her at... uh, Costa Mesa, her and her husband. Oh, nice. So there'll be yeah. six of us, all family, but we don't live together. Very nice. Yeah, very, very nice. But we'll stay six feet apart at dinner table. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I want you to be safe. I want you to be healthy. Well, we do. This is, these, are, these are really interesting times. This, yeah, they are. This coronavirus is mean. I know, it's very mean. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, the reports this morning from Gavin Newsom from last night, the governor of California, you know, I mean, they're, you know, I think it's, I think, I think we're going to be in a lockdown again. I tend to think that he doesn't want to do that. I don't think he does no, either. I think he's on our side, saying our side. He's not trying to be control person. I think he's realized right. he's got, he has, he has had all the control he wants. You know, yeah. control comes <laughs> Control comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of scorecards. Yeah, a lot of scorecards. And exactly. uh, uh, he made, I heard just uh, made the point that our hospitals, the, the ICU units, are mostly now made up of non-coronavirus things. So there's a lot of runas mm-hmm. if they have to mm-hmm. have go back to ICUs. They've apparently, I don't know whether this is Texas or California, stopped all um, uh, voluntary um uh, surgeries again. I don't know what state. That I think is. it was. I, 
I would want to say it's Texas. I think you're right. I think it's Texas. But I'm, you know what? Um, Stephanie's up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right? Yeah. So uh, they had plans to open up the state, but they uh, actually closed it again. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't really know. Well, the governors have had a lot of pleasure having control on their population, and I think they don't right. like it. Right, right, right. All right, sir. Have a great weekend. I plan on it. I'm meeting, actually, Jessica. We're supposed to walk on the beach tomorrow, Sunday. I'm waiting for her to tell me which day she wants to do it. I'm playing golf oh, tomorrow nice. afternoon. I'm going up to, with my daughter on Sunday afternoon, so we have to do it in the morning. Getting ready. Yeah. For it. Sounds like a really nice weekend. It'll be a pleasure. You take care. You yeah. have fun.